Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live here on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, and 105.3 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee, who pretty much is a part of The Outer Realm and have been with us since day one. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you so much. Also, big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, the sonic surgeon, for his voice and his music uh, for our intro and outro. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror and sci-fi, dark wave electronic music, anything great for this time of year. So go check him out anywhere that you can find good music. Also, big thank you, Steve McGinnis, for our banners. Anything amazing that you see on the banners is courtesy of Steve McGinnis. So tonight we welcome for the very first time Ron Moorhead and he's going to be discussing his book Quantum Bigfoot. He has spent at least 50 years researching this stuff. Um, super versed. Um, I actually found him um, when I was watching Alaskan Killer Bigfoot, and his segment was mind-blowing, literally mind-blowing. So definitely had to check him out. So before we move on, wherever you are watching this show, please like it, join it, follow it, subscribe to it. We would really appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Hello, Bubbles. Hello. How are you? Yeah, you know, Thursday. Mm -hmm. Almost oh, there. I, <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. My my fan is kicking my butt here with wispy hair. So if you see me with my hands, all I know is I am not doing anything except trying to remove the hair out of my face. Oh, no. It's so warm in here. It was really hot today. <laughs> it was actually pretty nice out. Cannot complain. Yeah. Cannot complain. Got some things done and and just you know, really looking forward to this evening's show but we don't do crypto very often um you know it really has to be something pretty cool for us to even to even broach it just because of the fact that there's so many shows on it and after a while especially bigfoot that's a really tough one because i think it's one of the one of the cryptids that gets covered the most it's most recognizable yeah uh, well yeah. well known yeah, so for Bigfoot's us, it's pretty like, popular. It's a celebrity in the critic in the cryptic. Bigfoot's a celebrity. Yes. <laughs> celebrity Bigfoot has cred. I love it. <laughs> Bigfoot has cred. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does, and he's he's just like you know so suave. He's kind of doing all kinds of things right? out there, but elusive. The stuff that was pretty cool. Like realistically, when I saw him on Alaska Killer Bigfoot, it was like. What is this? 
this is like a twist and a half. And it's something that a lot of us within the field have, have talked about, you know, like how things sort of connect. And then he just got talking and I'm just sort of like, what? <laughs> so definitely really interested in what he's got to say. Absolutely. So do you want to start off this bio? Oh, yeah, very much the off. salt of the earth for me. I was watching him on yes. YouTube today and I shared a few of those so that people could listen to the Sierra sounds and, and you know, mm -hmm. really hear what his um, work is about because mm -hmm. it's different than anyone. And I will go more into it right now. Ron Moorhead has been known for decades for his worldwide research into the Bigfoot Sasquatch phenomenon. He is an author, researcher, lecturer, experiencer, and producer of the Sierra Sounds. To date, he comes closer than any other researcher to having a complete body of evidence. And in order to understand the enigmas associated with these giants, he began to delve into quantum physics for the scientific answers that he and his hunting friends experienced. As a result, he wrote another thought-provoking book, The Quantum Bigfoot. And that is the one that intrigues me. Now, I really like yeah. the Sierra sounds. And, and like I said, he's been at this a really long time. I'm dying to hear, you know, what prompted him in all of this. But I'll tell you, it's, I just listened to some of those recordings and it's, it's fascinating like, you know, you hear a lot of, you hear, I mean, from all over the world, they all sound pretty similar, at least to me when I listen to some. Oh, here we go. <gasps> Hello. Oh, Ryan Moorhead. I promise <laughs> I will not call you Ryan. <laughs> okay. Stupid freaking phone, honestly. Just wanted to take it. <laughs> I sent him a, uh, an email and he corrected me. I was like, what? What do you mean? And I looked and I'm like, are you kidding? It's <laughs> talk to text. No, I typed it. But when oh. it clicks thank, it goes, nope, I'm going to put whatever I want in there. <laughs> What's that okay. Can you guys hear me okay? We can. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I wasn't sure if I was going to wear my hat or not. I thought I should wear my hat. Oh, I like the hat. <laughs> oh, no, the hat has to stay. The hat's, That's right. the hat's nice. And <laughs> I've been sharing all your clips today. And I have to say to you, um, out of everyone that we've ever had on, for me, you're the most salt of the earth. I find you so sincere and so kind and so genuine. I'm not saying that anyone was disingenuine. I'm just saying you... You have a different approach and it makes it easy for those of us like me who don't know that much to not feel like, you know, like we're, we don't feel intimidated. You're warm, you're kind, you're, you're sharing of your information and you're honest. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. You humble me. No, <laughs> you're humble. You are very humble. But um, I, I just, I'm watching clips of you and I'm like, I am so looking forward to this because I don't oh. feel intimidated. <clears throat> and Good. I think it's a great thing for the audience like me that is just delving into it. <laughs> yeah. I like how make my screen bigger. Let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a weird sound going on when I, I move around. That, yeah, I don't know what the buzzing is. I don't, I don't know. Let me just mute people. Let's see where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming from Ron. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a fan or anything on in the room with you? Uh, not at the moment. Oh. Uh, 
Uh, might just be a driver. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Maybe it'll just stop. <laughs> well, if it, if it doesn't, or if you want me to, I can take the hat off and put my headset on. Um. Yeah. It, it, well, maybe try with the headset. Maybe it's maybe it'll block out whatever the sound is coming. Then put the hat over it. <laughs> huh? He's just as handsome without the hat. I know. He's you good. just you just have it. Hold on. Let's see. the headset now. Okay. I had it here just in case because I usually use. Well, I had another headset, but I actually cut the string on it so that oh. I could put my hat on with it. I know how you feel. I go through all kinds of headsets here. Pull this earplug out. Okay. The earplug should have worked. Let's just plug right in. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's still buzzing around. He hasn't plugged it in yet. Hmm. <laughs> so if you're listening and not watching, we're just taking a tech moment can you hear me uh, it just spiked right up yeah it's better it with the worse. other one <laughs> oh, wait, wait. is that any better it comes and goes uh oh it, it, it went really buzzy and then it just it just stopped yeah i don't know oh. <laughs> i like cloud it kind of like guider it's a halloween special there's a chainsaw in the background uh -oh. it's, it's, like a <laughs> it's just a buzzing yeah yeah okay is it loud in your ear i'm i can tolerate it but i don't yeah, know i'm i'm fine with it i'm there it's gone yes i hear i hear i hear you guys fine good okay, no we, we can hear you, hear you now you well. it stopped completely just now whatever you did stopped it perfect okay perfect outstanding okay. wow all right thank I you i can't believe we're on our show there we go um uh, so I really want to thank you for, for joining us. Um, we were just talking about how we, we don't really do a lot of shows on Bigfoot because there's just, there's a lot of it out there. It's easy to get lost in it all. And then when I saw you and I actually felt like, oh my God, there's something that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> we, we really need to talk. Oh, that's good to hear. Family. Thank you. Yeah. Oh God, our pleasure. It, it's something that a lot of us in the field think about, but nobody aside from yourself has really written about it or gone into the detail that you've gone into. So with 50 years of research, can we start with what prompted you to get into the field of researching this? I mean, was it an experience? Was it a curiosity? It was an experience. Uh, yeah, the hunters had been hunting in Sierra Nevada mountains were friends of mine. They'd, uh, I wasn't a hunter, but uh, they went up there. And uh, anyway, one of them got scared off with the sounds when he heard it the first time. And he just left a note and he took off. And he came out and uh, wanted the women, the wives, wanted the... Uh, want to know what's going on because the guys were a day late now and they weren't coming out and so he wouldn't go back by himself because it's really kind of terrifying for him and sure. uh, so so i went back with him to check up on the guys they were okay so they just uh, had some things going on so they stayed up there but but uh, we were all started going back and taking not all of us but when i i'd go back as often as i could that's how i got that's how i got involved in it right there is it's like mm. I was friends with them, but I hadn't been a hunter. But I became a hunter just so I could be part of the group. Right. And, uh, 
Right. Nobody was uh, looking for Bigfoot, though. It's just a hunting camp. And uh, Johnson Brothers have been going there since 1958. <clears throat> so uh, this didn't start uh, happening until 1971. So they're not sure if these things were around before that. And they just hadn't noticed them because Bigfoot was not on their radar at all. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, wow. It wasn't on any of our radar until I started going up there. Then all of a sudden, it's on my radar. I want to see what these things are. <laughs> well, Find out no more about kidding. them. I, I mean, I've listened to some of the sounds we both have, you know, we went, we went through that today and it's, it's, it's scary, but it's not, you know, like there's yeah. an actual communication going on here. Definitely. Yeah. They have a language we've discovered through the studies. That's the thing about the sounds. What makes it that I can be on here with you guys is the science that I have it done by and uh, from them. We had a professor of electrical engineering at the University of Wyoming study them for a year, Al Berry. He's the investigative reporter we took in in 1972. And he fostered those studies. And uh, they came up with a paper that gave a report on it. And it's uh, inside, outside, below, and above the human range. So <laughs> they have a, uh, and by the way, the tapes were not manipulated in any way. That's what, that's the big deal mm -hmm. because they're all cassettes. That's all we had in those days was cassettes. So. Yes. But you can't fudge uh, it. No, you couldn't. No, and uh, they weren't anyway. But uh, mm. you have to have a professor behind that stuff to really give it validity. Right. So he he studied them and said that they they uh, have a vocal mechanism that's represented compared to a human, uh, an animal, a little eight foot tall. At least the one that he took out there and looked at it, how it compared to a human range. Mm -hmm. But they have a vocal range, like I say, that I think goes way up into probably ultrasound and below infrasound. But we weren't recording those sounds, so I actually can't do that with the equipment mm -hmm. we had. But now, since I've been looking into it for so many years, and a cryptolinguist actually got a hold of them in 2008, named Scott Nelson. He was trained by the military, the Navy, as a... Uh, a person to see if it's a, a sound as a code or a language of some type. And if it is a language, what does it mean? Is there any deception in it? Uh, that's what he did for his whole career in the Navy. He's a two-time graduate of the, of the school, too, which is now a Department of Defense. Hmm. And uh, he's uh, very qualified to do what he did. And he wrote a transcription and said, this is a language by the human definition of language. That's kind of important uh, because only mm -hmm. humans are supposed to be able to talk like we're talking now. Uh, with right. the powered bone connected the muscle system into the brain and the nervous system. So you can say what you're thinking about and not just, it's not right. a grunt or a whoop or nothing like that. But right. So it's kind of unique. I hear, I get a lot of reports that say they hear this stuff, uh, but they don't get to record it like we did. We've had the opportunity, these things kept coming back to our camp uh, quite regularly. Well, I shouldn't say regularly, but more often than not during 71 through 76. And, uh, we was all recording, so we all had tapes, and uh, all mm -hmm. we're just trying to get everything we could about them. Underestimating what we're dealing with, though, they were just really uh, intuitive beings, and uh, they're very smart. And they're mm -hmm. they're not human, but they have a human component. I think. And, right. Uh, tell you how I think that. The reason I think that, I'll just tell you right now. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> We're all Lieberman, sitting here like this. <laughs> Dr. Lieberman at Brown University, who just passed away this year, oh. uh, he uh, he says only humans have that mechanism for language. So if you've got Professor Curlin over here saying that, uh, that that represents an animal eight foot tall and the tapes haven't been manipulated, not speeded down, not slowed down, uh, not 
not no 60 cycle hum, which would have showed pre-recording, re-recording. Mm. None of that was going on. They were absolutely genuine tapes. And then you got Scott Nelson says it's a language, and no one's better qualified to say that than him, really. Right. Uh, hand people, only a handful of people probably have the qualifications he has. It's not just a regular linguist; it's an art form, and it's not like a, a regular linguist. He's a crypto linguist, which means he's trained to study those languages and study if it is a language. Mm-hmm. Says it's a language. So anyway, then you got uh, Brown University saying that only humans have it. So that tells me right there that they have a human component to them right or we dealt with anyway the ones in the sierras don't think they're all the same i just don't oh that's interesting because they 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 all sound so i i well easy for me to say they sound similar when you look at, at different ones you know like when you listen to different recordings from different ones around the world that have been captured there's there's there are similarities, I guess, would probably be the best way to put it. But I did hear something um, I found very unique. And I don't know if this is possible, but while we're on the topic of language, I'll put it out there. There's a group in Saskatchewan, Canada, if I'm not mistaken, and they keep getting interaction with a big, Bigfoot family up there. And they were getting back and forth interaction to the point where the one researcher kept saying, my name is Mike, 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 and he kept repeating it. And you could hear this other type of tone coming through that sounds pretty close to what you're describing. And it's going, Mike, like it's trying to, it said it pretty well. That's uh, Mike, Mike Patterson, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he shared that with me years ago when oh, he was okay. having it. And, uh, is this, was this authentic uh, in your opinion? Can they, can they actually, was this authentic in your opinion? Like, well, can Bigfoot actually do this? Oh, they can do it. I just don't know if it's oh, some okay. or not because I wasn't there and I, I'm not okay. witnessing what Mike was of witnessing, course. but so yeah. I don't like to chime in on things that I don't know. No, of course. <laughs> he, did of send course. Off to, he did send them off to the crypto language that I use, though, Scott Nelson. And mm-hmm. because they were inside the human range of what little sound he sent to them, uh, Scott could not attest that they were a Bigfoot because he looked for yeah. things that are outside the human range and Right. A morphine stream of words, which means a cognitive sentence, like we're talking now. Right. And Mike didn't have that. But okay. that doesn't mean Mike's stuff isn't real. It just means that uh, Scott could not verify it. Like, uh, right. Okay. I had to ask because I, it's such a, a curiosity to me. And it, it basically lends a little bit, you know, maybe to the theory with this degree of intelligence. We're not just talking about. And again, maybe this is just me speculating, but, you know, in your opinion, why don't we just put it, we'll ask this way, <laughs> in your opinion, <laughs> what is Bigfoot? Is he extraterrestrial? Is he interdimensional? Is he, you know, just a being that's been here and managed to elude us all? Well, probably all of the above. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, they aren't all the same, like I say. I think, uh, first of all, I believe in aliens. I believe that UFOs are real. Now that our government yes. says we can believe in them, we can all believe in those things now. Yes. And yes. Uh, really, I think these probably, whatever they are, uh, many of them have been here since before we were here as humans, right. as a homo species, uh, sapiens. Right. So I think some of them have developed, and some of them, if there is alien intervention into the genome of one of these primates uh, that would have given them the, mm. vocal, the, the uh, mechanism for language. Okay. Uh, some yeah. of them, though, may just be able to scream. And I, like I say, 
different types of aliens have been coming to this earth for a long, long time. I've been pretty much all over the world, and I've been in South America really opened my eyes up when I've seen remains of things that and things that just we couldn't we couldn't duplicate it today. Right. Uh, the technology no. that they have they had then, which is thousands of years old, uh, we can't mm-hmm. duplicate it. It's just the structures that you see, the megalithic structures and all mm-hmm. that in Paracas, Peru, and right. Cusco up in there. Yeah, uh, those boulders are put together just like a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, there's no mortar. Mm-hmm. And some of them are way over 100 tons, and <laughs> moved up on a 13,000 foot mountain. And when you see that stuff with your own eyes, it kind of opens your mind up and think, "Wow, you know, I'm just wow, something's mm-hmm. been here." It's pretty mind blowing for yeah. sure. And uh, I think the troglodytes did evolve, uh, and we may be a product of that, but something created us too. So I think we're hybrids, just like these may be hybrids. Right. Uh, something, yeah. uh, well. It, it would make sense. There's a lot of theories about there, about about certain, you know, or humans in general, especially when, you know, you can get really technical about it with blood types and such, but that they are said to have been tampered with. Um, why not other beings? on the planet yeah well i i just feel really firm about that that there's aliens have been here and they're probably here now they just work okay. out, out of a different dimension sometimes and mm-hmm. occasionally they uh decloak right. and come into our three-dimensional environment right as <laughs> poor lonely right. little three-dimensional beings well we know <laughs> you know, know my second book the quantum bigfoot is is based on the fact that quantum theory is is yes. uh, 11 dimensions you know 10 count one Ten and one counting time, the fourth dimension. Right. So, uh, if we only see within three, the dimension of light, and light is uh, between uh, 430 and uh, 770 terabytes, mm. and that's just the frequency. Everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. Everything. Yes. Yes. We are. Everything yeah. is energy, frequency. Exactly. That's Tesla. Yes. So, but all these other frequencies exist out there that we don't see. That's where people see seeing ghosts and they get a glimpse of this or something like that, you know. And yes. I just think that there's so much more going on that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just, we're limited as human beings. We're, we are limited. We, mm-hmm. we don't smell like a bear does. A, sm- a bear can smell 2,100 times better than a human. A dog mm-hmm. can hear an ultrasound, you know, where we don't hear that. Mm-hmm. And large animals uh, communicate in infrasound, like elephants and that's how they stun their prey sometimes. Uh, the tigers will anyway. Right. So there's just so much more going on that we don't see with our eyes or don't hear. And if people just open up their minds to realize what's really going on, because quantum physics works throughout the universe. It works from the atom all the way through the cosmos. And that's according to Dr. Christopher Brayer at West Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you get that going on and you get, I get all these different doctors that I pulled out their quotes, you know. Yes. I, I love, uh, I love someone who's like Edgar Mitchell <laughs> said. It takes classical and quantum sciences together to have clear perception. Well, right. so many researchers are just looking into the uh, classical science, into the Newtonian physics, which we were all taught in school. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, just I just encourage anybody researching this to open up their minds and look at what's really going on around them, and mm-hmm. they won't be kept in the parameters of their of their upbringing right open up a little bit and right see what's right. going on so what made you put lump bigfoot into the whole quantum physics field 
Well, Al Berry, the investigative reporter that we took in there in uh, 1972, he was a master's degree in science, and he said, uh, whatever you do, don't talk about the crazy stuff that's going on up here. Because uh, mm -hmm. people just throw you out with the baby water then, you know, because they put you in the woo-woo factor or something. Yeah, sure. So, so for a long yeah. time we didn't. We just shared the mysteries with our close family and, and close friends. Right. But but something had to answer those questions, and there has to be a law behind anything, I think. Uh, and mm. quantum physics is the rule or the law behind a lot of things that goes on that we just don't understand. So what I've done, I got into quantum physics, the science of it, so it will answer a lot of the paranormal issues. It doesn't, it, they're not synonymous. Uh, quantum mm -hmm. physics answers the problems that people have in the woo-woo camp, you know, right. uh, where right. they just, uh, well, mm -hmm. science, pseudoscience is a, uh, it's pseudoscience. <laughs> it's not real. It is. It's not based yeah. on facts. It's based on whims and whimsical assumptions. Right. Is it? Yeah, sorry, Amelia, did you have a question? No, no, oh, okay. I got the fan with the oh, <laughs> sorry. Fan thing I got a again. fan in front of me, but my hair keeps sticking oh. to my face. Um, oh, no. When when we get all these um sightings and people see things such as these balls of light or you know, light that just seems to move along the ground very close, or people will see UFOs in areas or vicinities that are known to have Bigfoot sightings. Mm -hmm. um, how do we, I mean, how does the research look at that? Because you can say it's paranormal. You could say it's extraterrestrial. You, like, you could say, again, it's dimensional, interdimensional. Yeah, it's, it's those, all those. It's energy is what it is. All of it again, yeah. And, and energy is uh, just different forms. Uh, right. You, you don't ever, energy never dies, it just changes right. form. And right. uh, inside of us, our consciousness is what I'm talking about, our soul, our energy. Mm. That's going to change form someday. It's not going to stay in right. this body. So mm. if you're a scientist or a physicist, you're going to say that you just change mm. forms. Einstein mm -hmm. said that. Uh, and if you're a, just a flesh and blood person, well, you're just, nothing else going to happen. <laughs> Right, that's it. <laughs> or if you're religious, you're going to go to heaven, you think. But where's that? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and is Bigfoot there? <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, I want to go where Bigfoot is. I'm the comic <laughs> relief, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think probably a lot of Bigfoots are interdimensional. Some of them may be uh, just living underground, too, uh, in cave networks. There's a lot of cave systems there, in this. That northern. makes total sense, right? There has to be because they're there and then they're not there. Yeah. Right. Well, there's it's also, exciting. if they're interdimensional, they can change. Okay, I'm going to get deeper now. Are you ready okay, for this? Okay, go for it. <laughs> you <laughs> got our Paul, attention. Paul Dirac at, at uh, Florida, he says that uh, Dr. Paul Dirac, he won the Nobel Prize in 1933 for, um, for antimatter. And that's where energy and matter are interchangeable. And uh, matter and energy are interchangeable. Got it? That's mm. so... If these things have learned how to find the frequency to change their matter into energy, they would mm -hmm. disappear, or they become into a ball of light, or just a ball. I've had some people witness these Bigfoots disappearing, and then there's a ball of light over there. So, mm -hmm. uh, if they can do that, they could pass through things. Because in quantum physics, uh, you know, when you get down to a minute structure mm -hmm. of what we are, if you learn how to find the frequency, you can pass through things. 
which would explain rapid transport. How some and also uh, Native American lore says they live in two worlds. You know, they wouldn't hear for eons too, Native Americans. And, yes, that's right. Uh, they that's live right. in two worlds, and uh, they say they also live in trees. So in I know trees. there's a lot of reports over the last I've taken over the last fifty years that said that these things uh, mm-hmm. are going to trees, and I've had some pretty credible people tell me they saw that. I've never, I've never witnessed that. See them in trees. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean it hadn't oh. happened. And if these things are actually, because they're really disturbed when they, when there's clear cutting going on or, or people cutting trees down, that seems to really be an issue with them. Right. I was up in Alaska last year with the Discovery Channel uh, filming. The Saw port, it. That's how water. I found you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle well, was on I the mentioned show, that yeah. there. Of course, there was more to it then because I didn't get to the bottom because oh. if you just start right off say where they live in trees somebody's going to call you a nut right, you right. got to have something that credi- makes it credible and right. energy and matter are transfer or interchangeable right and when you get that way these things can change their matter into energy they can go into a tree they can go into the ground they can go wherever they want to into the fifth dimension and right. not age anymore right not age like we do anyway Right. That's that's why people who have these sightings are always dumbfounded because it's there and then it's not. So they're questioning, am I really seeing this or is it my imagination? Right. Well, wow. there, was six, yeah, there was six of us up there, five actually, one guy would go back. So right. uh, we were all witnessing this stuff, you know, the strange stuff. I did see a UFO up there, I did personally. Right. And uh, it was all going on when the Bigfoot stuff was close to us up there. And, uh, right. But there's yeah. just a lot going on. Sometimes we thought our camp was being tore apart when when we looked out, you know, as far as we haul these barrels in on our mules and and uh, we yeah. kept our food up there and our sleeping bags up there. That way when we couldn't take the animals, we just walk in and, uh, right. and have our stuff there. I mean, that's pretty nice. You know? Then you can stay several days and not have to worry about hauling my stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's eight miles into the wilderness where we go from the closest place you could park. Oh, 8,400 feet in elevation, so it's not an easy place to get to at all. No, there's nobody else around. There's no <clears throat> lakes, nothing that people are going to go to there. It just springs. Mm-hmm. That's where the water starts. Right. And it, uh, it's just a really imposing trail. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, I mean, that's what Alberry went in there for, is to try to prove a hoax out of it. That's what he was oh, set to do, which we didn't know at the time. Right. Uh, what did happen was... Uh, Warren Johnson, he was the leader of our group. He uh, he's passed away now, but he he wrote a 23-page letter to Ivan Sanderson, a cryptozoologist. And Ivan Sanderson uh, thought it was probably a hoax, and he wrote it to send it to Peter Byrne, who was in Oregon. He's also an investigator. Uh, he's mostly in Nepal, but he came out here to investigate the Patterson site too, and start set up a research center in, in Oregon. Well, Peter thought the same thing. I didn't know any of this was going on until later on when I read the letters of communication between them all. Wow. And so when he contacted Al, he said, this is probably nothing, but you might want to go down and talk to these guys just to see what it's all about. So Al Berry came down and interviewed us, and we invited him in in 1972 when the snow melted. He could go in, and we went in, and he started experiencing what we were experiencing the year before. And he just hmm. uh, was still trying to find out who was who could be pulling that off. That's what investigation is all about. Right. And I found out he was actually going through our backpacks while we were out walking around. Ooh. <laughs> we're trying <laughs> to see if there was some kind of something. And we were later on at the suggestion of a scientist, we took a, a wildlife biologist up there to do a floral study on the area to see if there's any signs of 
you know, it could have been hidden wires or hidden or nails in the trees or something like that for speakers and things like that. And he did that and you couldn't find any signs of anything. Of course, we knew that because we weren't doing that. Right. But still, you have to have those reports in there for people to listen to you and mm-hmm. take you seriously. So it's, these sounds have been out there now for over 50 years and no one's been able to debunk them. Uh, you got people like Joe Rogan says he can duplicate it. Well, no, he can't. You know, sure. No, he can't. No comment. Do it, Joe Rogan. I him publicly, just like I'm doing now, to to just try it. You know, because you got these voices stepping on each other, and they're all to bring you rain. on the show and do it. What's but that? You, he won't. <laughs> he won't. No, he won't because he can't. No, 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 he can't. First of all, you had to be two of you because. <laughs> Yeah, these, these things are arguing between themselves up there sometimes. And right. the no, they're they fascinating. Arguing, I shared if, them. We didn't know if they were arguing over who's going to come in and eat us first, or if they want to put salt and pepper. <laughs> we just didn't know, and uh, <sighs> didn't know what we we're dealing with them. But we did underestimate them, thinking they're just a flesh and blood animal that hadn't been discovered. Right. But I got to tell you, now that I got into quantum physics. Nothing is just flesh and blood. We are not just flesh and blood. We have a consciousness. Yeah. We have abilities that we have not grown into yet. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more going on with us than what we, we don't know how special we are. We're very special beings on this planet. Right, right. Well, we're kind of being held underfoot too. Like we're, I always feel like something is stopping us from using all of our brain matter, all of our, you know, our consciousness. There's something holding us back. Because Probably I us. talk to dead people, so and I always say, you know, if you open yourself up right and you prepare yourself, you can do it too. Like it's not something. Exactly. Some people might be stronger, you know. Like some people are dentists, and the rest of us, we still know how to brush our teeth. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing with intuition. Everybody has it; they just don't realize how good they can be at it, and they're not working on it. Well said. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> and also, uh, I get into my quantum book into the pineal gland, how it's the third eye, and how that's a receptor, I believe, for absolutely you learn how to meditate and balance your chakras and just be right. take all the things that are good out there. Just because it's a different religion or something doesn't mean it's from the devil or something like that. You know, no, exactly. people oh, are out there oh, worried honestly. about. I've been called many names. I've been called many names, but it's okay. Um, I I think it's so fascinating. See, everyone listening, the biggest men in this field right now, Ron Moorhead, is telling you he meditates and he opens up his pineal gland. That is huge. Because a lot of people don't talk about that in the cryptids. They just talk about sightings, history, facts. But I love that you do that. Do you think that it makes it easier for you and... It, it's kind of like pulls you in to want to know more and, and try to communicate with them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, it will, uh, it will tell you things. That's where, it, that's how you get yeah. information is that way. When you pray, you're asking for something. When you meditate, you're trying to receive something. A right. big element I try to get into is your pineal gland needs to communicate with your heart. Your heart mm-hmm. has a brain, your heart and your brain and your mind up here, your brain has to be in coherence with it, has to be balanced. You do that through your meditation, through your chakras and, mm-hmm. and balance those, of those tones and things. And and once you get that going, you, you become healthier. Uh, everything works out better for you. Don't be a victim no matter what. Just never be a victim. Whatever happens to you is okay. Mm-hmm. And no matter how you think about it, uh, you've, there's a reason it happened. 
where life is just about experiences and, and how you respond to the experiences is more than the experience itself. We all have to learn to respond to the experiences Agreed. with love and compassion and not with anger, not become a victim because somebody done something to you. You're, uh, you're an old soul, Mr. Moorhead. That's right. You're an old soul. That's, that's how right. an old soul sounds. Yeah, that's true. Well, I am you're, old, you know. <laughs> no, you're not old. <laughs> I mean, you're an old soul. You know, you're, you understand that it's all part of something. Yes. Well, I, I believe in multiple embodiments now. I didn't used to. I wasn't raised that way. I was raised religiously and nope, you got one life and that's it. Well, yeah. I think you have to balance your karma somehow. You have to, you have to make yourself better. You mm -hmm. do that. And, but if you learn how to work with love and compassion throughout your life, you will raise your personal vibrational frequency. And that's mm -hmm. how you, once you leave here, you'll leave to another dimension, a better one or not. And I think maybe you got to respond. You got to learn some way, somehow you got to learn. You got to learn this, the lessons that we're here to learn. Humans are very special. We get to go through these experiences and we should appreciate them all because they're meant for something good. Mm -hmm. If you respond to them properly. We're off the schedule of Bigfoot, though. <laughs> no, I, yes. I, I think they're actually pretty connected. I, I, I think that um, with Bigfoot, from, just from what you're saying, you know, they could be these interdimensional beings that are maybe they're here in a way to teach us things, but people fear. I think we, as, as people, um, earthlings, we're taught to fear everything from the time, like whether it's the fear of God that gets put into you, um, you know, having to follow so many rules, like the, the government, life. Maybe if people didn't fear. Oh, you're hitting right on a button there. That's perfect. Yeah. Fear is your only enemy. Right. People say, well, were you afraid up there? Well, we got where we weren't afraid because we realized they weren't going to eat us and they weren't right. carrying us away or nothing. So mm -hmm. we got kind of friendly with them or kind of a, comfortable i should say and looking forward to them coming in at night if they did right and uh we we just i think your fear is what will hurt you anywhere so mm. if you mm -hmm. can learn to control your fear well what who was it theodore roosevelt or somebody the only mm. thing to fear is fear itself, fear itself. nothing uh, to fear but fear itself yes and, uh, yeah you find what you look for i think abraham lincoln said that that's, that's true. a negative if you're, reaction. you're looking for something that's going to stab you something probably will stab you so. right well yeah. that's manifestation <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh now you're into something even better right we're manifesting we our reality we going on we created our life <laughs> that's another that. show <laughs> <laughs> i know i know so uh, so in your opinion then bigfoot is nothing to fear i mean well, he's big he's imposing well i think you should but... keep your guard up excuse me i shouldn't interrupt you but and that's okay i think you got to keep your guard up because they're not all the same and what created them what made them and what the agenda was is what you don't know right. you don't know what uh, what alien may have uh, messed with the genome of what species to create a, a dog man so to speak or a bigfoot and what agenda they may have put into them right uh, some of them i do believe are here to guide us to help us and again that's another way you can open up your pineal gland you can listen to this stuff and mm -hmm you got to be on the right frequency and they will try to, to guide you like that i think some of them right and even the bible says you got a guardian angel you know right and what is guardian an angel Bigfoot. an angel is just an alien <laughs> and i'm right. not sure if we were dealing with just something that was just pure alien up there just because it had a bigfoot we call it bigfoot right and uh, they were bipedal primates mm -hmm. for sure but uh Mm -hmm. i don't know uh do you think they go back to to being these giants that are that 
people are, are I mean, they've always been around, but you can thank the Smithsonian for dumping all that. But mounds, giants, we know that there, there are sightings and bones and relics being found all over the world. Could Bigfoot mm -hmm. be a part of that, perhaps, from a time gone by? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what is Bigfoot? That's a big question. You know, if, yeah. Uh, and what are, again... Uh, what what made them? What are they here? Uh, were mm -hmm. they a product of the troglodyte like we are? Right. Uh, you know, just right. That's, we don't that's know a, yet. And that's we may never a big know. question, isn't it? Well, it's a question, but some these guys are still looking for the ape in the woods that are out there. A lot of them are. And that's right. what we were doing. Just okay. Let's hope this ape comes in tonight. You know. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, they're more than that, and. Why we didn't mm -hmm. see them more often is, is a question, too, because we had so many encounters up there. Mm -hmm. And it was why it happened to us and it wasn't happening to other people. Well, I don't know that it wasn't, but I don't hear about them. Uh, is a question I've always asked myself, but I think my answer is is here tonight. You know, we're, we're talking Energy. about it and I'm out here talking about it. And it's brought me to another, another level of, of, of frequency, I think. Right. Because I, I believe that uh, I don't get sick anymore <laughs> since I got on this a few years back. I just don't. Wow. I think when you raise your your level of frequency and you're, you're happy and you're, you care about things and you respond to things properly, you're going to get better all the way around. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I choose to do. And that's right. everybody has a choice. They can believe this mm -hmm. or not believe it. Right. Uh, but it, it works. I, I can pretty much guarantee in my life it's worked anyway. I've, I've had, well, some people right. say I've had a charmed life. I've had a very fortunate life. been right. able to travel the world. I did well in business at an early age and, mm -hmm. and uh, turned it over to my wife, which eventually caused me a divorce. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Somebody had to keep that stuff going so I had money. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been into, uh, well, I don't need to tell you all I've been, but I've been to a lot of places researching this stuff. And right, uh, yeah. I know the, all the guys that are involved, and in pretty much all of them. And I moved back east now, so three right. hours. You're you're on the west coast, correct? Uh, well, we're actually, yeah, we're actually in Canada. We stream to New Orleans. That's where <laughs> actually, our network yeah, is. I've seen where you're from, New Orleans, but I thought you yeah. were on the west coast. So. No, we're, uh, no, yeah. Ontario. Ontario. We have a lot of Bigfoot up here, Canada, Ontario. Yeah, you just, do. Just about, yeah, and just over New York. Yeah, we've yeah. got all kinds of them up here. Yeah, yeah. We have a family property that's that's got Bigfoot on it, and um, <clears throat> mm -hmm. it's 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 active. Apparently, we had a caretaker on there who was just and the woods burning sage. <laughs> He's indigenous <laughs> too. He's like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, four o'clock in the morning, I got tree tapping. I know it's nobody up there cutting wood. <laughs> so, well, you might not ever see them. That's the thing. You gotta, you gotta watch for that cloaking <laughs> stuff if they're able to do what I'm suggesting here through, through the energy transfer. Right. And I, I just kind of believe that's what they do and how they, that's how they do it because energy and, and matter are interchangeable. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, by the way, that was established physically at CERN in Switzerland in 2012, when the, mm -hmm. at the Hydrogen Collider, uh, when it uh, when they changed the particle into energy. Mm -hmm. So the fact, mm -hmm. the mathematical equation that Dr. Directed from Florida was proven out in 2012, it's a big deal. Because mm -hmm. so many people say nothing can disappear. Well, yes, things can go out of your perception. They can. We don't see everything that there is. And 
if these things are able to do that through frequency, well, there you are. But that would also cause the trackways to stop. You know, many people say, well, nothing can not leave a trackway. Well, you get into Fred Beck in 1924 when he claims he shot one. But prior to that, he was tracking one, and it went through this area where it was leaving tracks, and obviously. But he mm -hmm. said for in one spot it would have had to have jumped 160 feet to have not left a track, but yet it just stopped. Wow. And that's kind of weird. So what, a helicopter picked him up? That's what a researcher would say probably, but no, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. I had it happen to me. My daughter had a sighting. We found the trackway and we followed it and uh, it just stopped. And it was wow. deep. It was bipedal trackway and we just, I looked up the tree. I looked everywhere trying to find out where the other, where it could have went to. And it's like rapid transport, either. right? Just showing up in disappearing well, you know, randomly physics, uh, you can do that if you can change your your, your matter into energy yeah. hmm. wow that's talent well you know quantum <laughs> physics is not that deep i'm not i'm not a physicist i'm a scientist I'm, I'm a citizen scientist i call myself now mm, i'm a pisces <laughs> <laughs> can i just ask something off? because it keeps ringing in my head you're talking about sightings and and voices and communications and we've had guests on that have talked about families has anyone ever seen a little bigfoot like it that looks like a family unit is does that yes. exist i've had yes. reports of that yeah and uh from wow. a couple of school teachers that were out gathering uh, pine cones for for Christmas, and they saw a family of three, a male, a female, and an adolescent. And we've had a little yeah. track up there, a little nine-inch track next to an 18-inch track in the snow. And uh, I've got the voice of a small one. Sounds like a small one anyway, recorded. And, wow. Uh, it's, it's on my uh, second nice. scene. No, it's on my, it's in my book, Voices World, and it's on the link that comes with it. I love that. Um, but it's, uh, you got the big, the female. We think it's a female, an adolescent, and a male. And the male was up behind me when and we were outside the shelter, which is not really unusual that they would start interacting with us while we're outside the shelter. Mm -hmm. Normally, we'd all have to go inside the shelter before you'd hear them out there. But mm -hmm. this time in 1974, when uh, Bill and I and my packing buddy, we, we were all in supplies and we got there. And, and that's the night when I started uh, mimicking what I was hearing them. And they were asking me something. I don't know what it was, but it was a... Uh, it was one of them female down below with the adolescent. And then that's when the big samurai cry came from behind me. And that's, I got that recorded. And actually, Matt Moneymaker from the BFRO uh, coined that. He said, that's not like a samurai. And since then, I've had so many people say, hey, we hear to have samurai chatter. You know, well, you might hear it, but you don't see them very much, you know. So mm -hmm, I got right. to see that that night, that the samurai cry. I saw it go down through the trees with the other two. Right. And that was a thrilling night for me. Wow, I guess so. That's just exciting. Do you think maybe, you know, you make mention that nobody else was having these experiences? Could it be because you spent so many years doing it and being there and they became familiar with you and your energy and your vibration, all of that? Well, I think that's something, vibration got something to do with it. But the Johnson brothers have been there since 58. I hadn't been. I didn't start going until 71. Maybe they just liked just, you more. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I think maybe they're trying to say something. Uh, again, if you hear the yeah. recordings, which I got, they sound like they're asking me a question. Yes. And again, at the time, I underestimated. I was trying to mimic what they were saying, and I wasn't doing a very good job of it. Right. But, uh, 
I can just imagine, like, what is he talking about? <laughs> you know, the Bigfoot. Like, you know, well, I think they also thing. toy with you. You know, they'll mess with you. And that was yeah. going to be another question. Yeah, yeah they do. There's no question about that in my mind because they were messing with us. They think right. that we think we're smarter than them. And we do. We think we're the King Kong on this earth, right? That's, well, that's true. That's that wasn't true. a good pun, King Kong. But, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> but they they have it over on us in, in, in the forest for sure. And some right. people say, well, they're just good camouflage artists or you missed something. But these recordings we have just cannot be denied. They can't be debunked. Uh, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they are what they are. Right. And, which, is, uh, which is fascinating. It's it's fascinating. Well, that along with the Patterson film. Now, the Patterson film, you know what they I'm talking about. They can't debunk that either, can they? No, and it's 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 pretty much established as real, and right. our sounds are certainly established as real, and it gives an insight into the nature of what we're dealing with. Anyway, not all of them again are out there talking, but I've had mm-hmm. a lot of people say they've heard chatter like that in the woods, but they didn't see anything. Right. Um, then a lot of people just hear a scream or a yell or something like that, but. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's interesting because a lot of people also say it sounds all-encompassing. Like when mm. they start hearing it, sometimes sound. it's like it feels like it's all around them. Some, yeah, well, sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good speaker system. <laughs> uh, they'll also say they hear their dog's name being called when their dog is with them. Okay. Things wow, like really? That. Oh, that's and, telepathic. Uh, well, something. I think they can entangle your brain yeah, if, right. if you're on the right frequency. And uh, they can right. get on that same frequency and work on you. So, uh, they also say they hear uh, these things following them in a trail in the tree line. And they don't see them, but they hear them. by people, then they stop and that thing will stop. A lot of reports like that. They're right. probably sitting back in the forest laughing at us. Well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this one. <laughs> Look what I'm going to do this one. Let's see what we can make the human do. Let's <laughs> so see how fast yeah. you can run. Fast they, they, can maybe they're breaking in their area. young because I think when they have their babies here, they're young, they, they have to raise them in the three-dimensional environment until they've taught them how to, how to, how to mess yeah. with humans and how to be what they really are. Common sure. sense. That's, that makes total sense. Um, and I had actually I had a, a deputy one time tell me he was watching a family of three one time at a distance through binoculars and the male and the female were, were pulling branches off this big pine tree and were wiping out their tracks and showing the little one he thinks they were showing the little one how to cover up your tracks. Oh really? <laughs> uh, that's that's wow. weird. But, uh, I didn't see that, but he he reported that to me. Uh, and, I've heard uh, that they they build nests for their families with the branches. They what? I've nests. heard that they build nests. One of one of our guests, I can't, I'm not, I don't even remember because we've had so many. Oh, this said was that a well, yeah, a long this time was ago. This was two years ago when we yeah. first started. And um, they said they built nests. And I said, that's interesting, but it, it kind of, it's kind of weird because if they can go in and out, why would they need something? But now that you said they raised their young here. Well, and they may not all be the same. I mean, some of them that's may not true. go in and out of dimensions. Uh, really? Yeah, that's, there are nests that they claim is uh, done by something that's not a bear. And I no, know these larger. guys on the Olympic Peninsula that found these nests there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're pretty firm that there was some kind of well, dropping things here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, but again, somebody says if you don't see what done it, you don't know what done it. But mm-hmm. 
that's, that's right. kind of true, but still, that's why the 974 was so important to me because I got to see what was making the sound. Up till then, we only heard what was making the sound. Mm-hmm. And, or you got a sighting like my daughter has. She's had three sightings. And, wow. Yeah, that's just, incredible. Well, it's a unique spot. Either of you saw the missing 401 by David Pilates, uh, The Hunted? Oh, I watched I've it twice. It. Yeah. yeah. I've researched it. seen the light bar that went by. Mm-hmm. And, and I got about 15 minutes in that missing 401 The Hunted. Oh. And I took David and his filmer up there in 2018. They reproduced what, what we witnessed up there, which was this light bar going mm-hmm. by it. And, uh, wasn't streaking by it, just floating through the trees. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we watched it for quite a while, but just went out of sight. Yeah, I you remember you, that. You don't know what to do with that because you don't know what its intentions are, but it's a form of energy of some type, and mm-hmm. and it's definitely controlled. Mm-hmm. Right. Paranormal field's going to want to call it. Riding on it or anything. <laughs> or unicorns. Let's see, the paranormal <laughs> field's going to want to call it a spiritual orb. <laughs> and then you have... It, it, but I'm with Michelle on that. The yeah, essence, maybe sense. they're just going in between dimensions, and that's what you caught with essence, all that light. Right? Well, just orbs themselves. Up at the Montana Vortex, my friend Joe Hauser owns that, and you can go up there with a camera any night, just about any night, and go out there. And mm-hmm. you know, the camera's eyes will see more than your eyes will. Yeah, and sure. Always. Picture, and you'll mm-hmm. catch an orb in it. Well, I've done that, and we've blown it up, and I've seen a, an image in there. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's got some kind of meaning to it. It's not just a reflection off your camera or right. drop or something like that. No. Or, well, with some of them, for sure. I mean, so many things can be orbs, dust, pollen, moisture. You have to be really careful. You can tell the intelligent yeah. ones, though, that are coming in and out with faces and characteristics, and they're doing different Tails. things. and yeah. They're not just yeah. floating up in the air and disappearing, you know. Or like just spinning in the air. No. <laughs> they actually have a direction and yeah. you can see that there's intention. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. We get a lot of, of pictures. Well, the Johnson brothers had orbs <laughs> falling around up above their head up there one time. Wow. The Very size cool. of their head. You know, just wow. following them. That's massive. Them. That right. could be ET for all we know. Well, it's it's a curious area where we are. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people want to go up there. David is the only one I've ever taken up there, uh, well, besides the cryptolinguists and mm-hmm. wildlife biologists. But right. uh, he wanted to do a filming, and no one's ever done that before. And I'm so glad I let him do that because I almost didn't. But he's a good man. I've known him for a long time. That's David Pilates, who missing 401. I um, love that series. Yeah. yeah. I watched it twice. I'm going to see him about two weeks and. Oh, tell him we love him. He's got a film coming out. Uh, <laughs> Does he? Wow. Yeah. And uh, he's doing a premiere showing for some of the people down there. So oh, that's excellent. Wow, that's yeah, phenomenal. That'll be, that'll be something good to watch. He's, he's good at what he does. Do you think there's a connection? Do you think there's a connection with Bigfoot and all the missing 411? Because that uh, seems to be one they're leaning towards. Do you think they're <laughs> even capable of something? Well, we like lean that? that way sometimes. I know when we uh, had the when I saw the UFO up there, was, it was the same time the Bigfoot was being right. was dealing with Bigfoot. Right. And uh, in uh, 2012, the Huffington Post had an article about uh, Eureka Times, 1888, a, a rancher and a several uh, Native Americans witnessed this little moon coming down and three crazy bears jumping out of it. Well, <laughs> I would ask my daughter. She used to write for them then. I should ask her <laughs> if she remembers that. 
But yeah, that was uh, that's that I think about twenty percent they say of the Bigfoot sightings have UFO component. Yeah, that's that's what I find just in in reading about it, which is why I asked about it. You know, do we think there's this? Wow, UFOs are often seen in and around popular sighting areas where it's sightings. Sometimes you end up having them almost simultaneously. They show up at the same time. There's just a lot of that. It makes you wonder, you know, with with the field of the paranormal and ufology and cryptids and are they all connected? I think they are myself. I um, agree. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just of, uh, a big, crazy world. Dogman reports, too, which I've never witnessed that. We have them here. Yes. But there's uh, so many people saying they see them, you know, and I, I don't deny it because I think anything's possible. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's hard, right? It's, it's, it's yeah, difficult when you got, when you when get you got in the here. alien presence and you know that they, they probably live most of them in the fifth dimension and they're able to uh, to have yeah. they, well, they have technology way above ours. So right. they're just doing things. Uh, I think, well, I think they hybridize this whole planet. There's probably a lot of hybrids out here. That, I agree. Uh, I agree. And what's coming through portals? Uh, yeah, well, there you are again. Right, coming in and out. Well, you heard of Skinwalker Ranch, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> we have skinwalkers <laughs> up here too. Yeah, yeah. all the sightings. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, if energy, well, yeah. My daughter, that morning I said she had a sighting. They, something had been dealing with them all night long, her and my granddaughter. And she got up and seen this thing shoot through the, just a daylight shoot through the uh, metal right there. And Wow. And uh, my granddaughter was walking over, oh, probably 75 feet on the other side of the area there. And mm. she said, oh, good. My granddaughter will see it's running right towards her, 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 her niece. Right. And uh, when she came back, she said, did you see anything over there? And she said, yeah, this white wolf came out right in front of me and just stood there and looked at me and then ran up the, ran up the mountain. So oh, that's comforting. Well, <laughs> what do you do with that? And later yeah. we find the pathway of, of, of a Bigfoot, you know. So it's hard to say. Uh, right. This is. Right. Uh, uh, but she really she sounds kind of calm about it, though. Telling you, <laughs> if you grow up in his house, <laughs> yes, you're yeah. going to be calm about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think their energy can uh, hook into you, and, and just once you entertain it, it'll just start staying with you. And, playing with you and doing things and right so if you project uh, fear then they're going to it's like giving yeah, something the like, edge basically like the, anything the poor lock stuff well, when oh, i flew over the helicopter when they took me up there uh, i i saw how years ago it had been timbered heavily and right. uh, and i saw pictures of how much they how much fish they were taken out of that inlet there and and yeah. uh I read where they've been mining there too. Well, I got a feeling they were encroaching too much into this area where these things might have been. And right. that was causing right. these things to probably get angry like they do when you go cutting trees down and stuff. And I well, told them, my suggestion that. is just show respect for the property because they want to rehabituate it. Right. And right. Uh, they, you... they wanted me to, to tell them if they could or couldn't. <laughs> I can't tell no, them that. Yeah, no pressure here, right? Yeah, do you come think back it's. So do you think I it said should just be respect, respect their territory, respect the area, and don't yeah. overfish it. Don't over, don't start timbering again, and just right. just respect it. And, oh, and you're probably going to live along. with them. 
And I said, come back without the filming crew, you know, just just three or four of you and stay here. Oh, they didn't mm. do that. <laughs> well, I know, I know Kyle was on the show and he said, you know what? He goes, I never thought much about it one way or another. He goes, but after filming that segment, like that series, he goes, it made a believer out of me. And he had said, you know, even in like communicating with him afterwards, it goes, when Ron came up, he goes, that was it for me, man. Because I knew at that point, <laughs> he was really sweet. We were yeah. dealing with some, something big. Yeah, there's something up there. I, I, I firmly believe that there's something there. And uh, Kyle's yeah. good man. I like him. He was he really is. down he to He's yeah. only one to carry a gun. <laughs> I know. He's stick well, with that's the why guy he's there for. You know, he, yeah. He's an outdoorsman. And he's, he's, he is. He's, uh, they had yeah. to have somebody like that there. Oh, yeah. he. It was It was nice to get his perspective when he came on the show because he just said, this is what I do. This is why I was yeah. there. Right. He mm -hmm. goes, you know, I don't didn't think anything of it aside from, no, I'm here to do a job. Yeah, keep he goes, them safe. Oh, yeah. He goes, it was an eye-opening experience he goes yeah. now he goes i go through the woods someplace to go have you heard <laughs> I'm I'm if gonna do another if we're gonna do another series on that or do anything about that i think they're trying for season two i hope they get it well I they, it I know the production company called me wanting to know if i'd go up again if, if uh, they had if they got the funds to do it and i said yes i'd love that Oh, I like Alaska anyway. I've been up there quite a bit in my airplane. It's beautiful. Isn't it? So many things go on there. But it's a place of mystery just yeah. on its own. You have the Alaska Triangle. You've got it's huge oh, area. Nice. I mean, it's I've flown over the, through Canada and it just you go for hours sometimes and not see another road or anybody. Wow. Uh, just, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's last wilderness. Yeah, it's really nice. Well, it shows you that there's there's places that that these beings can very easily disappear in and not be found if they don't want to be found. Yeah, that's right? true. We have all these underground caverns and thick forests. I know throughout Western Canada, it's the same all the way through Alaska, Washington State, coming up the top. Like you can get lost for forever. Yeah, you can. It's unexplored. Well, I flew into Toba Inlet one time, landed there on the riverbed, and uh, was with Peter Byrne and Alberry, and we was doing a little expedition up in the canyon where well, supposedly these things were. And uh, I don't know why I brought that up. We had a couple of helicopters on standby over in Campbell River. We was going to find, oh, that's another, I went there twice. It's not so the time right. I went there to I went right. to Toba, Toba Inlet. But I, I've, I've done so much of that stuff, I get, Sometimes I get the years mixed up, but I know right. when I went up there to study the Toba Inlet, it was 1996, I think it was, and uh, I landed mm -hmm. in to right there, and uh, I, I kind of, and I think we all did, we kind of debunked the total story that, that Osman was saying. Not that it wasn't true, but it wasn't mm -hmm. where he thought it was. Uh, we could mm -hmm. not find the bowl that he said he was in, and I flew over that place for all day long real slow wow. looking for where he could have gone and we dropped down to where he was seen said he saw the ships in the harbor and, mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't and uh, from the altitude he said he was at and just I think he was in a different inlet there's all kinds of inlets up there and uh, right. it just didn't make sense I talked to John Green about that uh, mm -hmm. afterwards and he almost thought I was or he did he thought I was 
call the whole thing a fake, but it's not a fake. It's just he was confused on the inlet. Well, where it was, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> think, and we all thought that because we studied it pretty thoroughly before we ever went up there in my plane and right to see. Uh, right. Well, um, can we get to a couple of questions before we move on? With oh, I'm sorry. I some take of ours? Oh, no, no don't on. apologize. You'll find here it's very round table like, and we all just sort of blend. Like right now, we're the students, you're the teacher. We just like to go with the flow. We're really relaxed, but people seem to like it. So good. <laughs> but, I make my screen bigger. That's what I want. I can't see who I'm talking to. I can't see uh -oh. you guys very well. Oh, no, terrible. Oh. Okay, Amelia, can you... Um... Yeah, I've got this. Okay. Hi, Tamara. Tamara asks, what has been your most unnerving experience while you're in the field studying Bigfoot? Hmm. Me? What's my most unnerving? Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, I don't think I ever got unnerved, <laughs> ever. I like that. Uh, I just going I've, to I've learned to control my fear yeah. pretty much. And I, uh, yeah. I really, I've been up there by myself even. And... Uh, yeah, which really? is not a, not a good thing to do, but I did. Right. I, because I uh, I thought I might be afraid, but I went up there just to show myself I wasn't. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I got to tell you, though, that was 2011 when I went up there by myself last time. And, and that's the last time I heard him chatter. And oh. Scott Nelson and I, the cryptolinguist, we'd been up there three times uh, mm -hmm. that summer, a week at a time, and couldn't put anything, pin it down for sure. It had things happen, but nothing definitively. Well, he left mm. to go back to his teaching job. He took foreign languages in uh, Missouri. And uh, and I uh, thought, well, i got to find out if these things are still around because we didn't have anything significant happen. Nothing that you could, like I say, really call a Bigfoot. I have to have some pretty good cooperation uh, going on before I'm going to say that's a Bigfoot. Uh, I went up there by myself. I had a guy lined up to go with me, uh, one of the uh, kids of one of the guys I used to go up there with. And... He backed out the last minute, so I was going to go by myself. I was in good shape from the trips I'd made with Scott and uh, went up there. And, yeah, I had some – <laughs> that's the closest, I guess, I came to being uh, a little bit concerned because I didn't have uh, anything but a little thirty-eight with uh, birdshot in it to scare the bears away. Right. And <laughs> not that a gun, I don't think, would have done much good, but uh, really, who knows. But right at when it was – daylight still I was mosquitoes were horrible and we set up a little I'd set up a little tent by myself and uh a shelter was taken down in 2015 <clears throat> and uh I heard this big crack right outside big I call it a tree knock in my book right, right. and uh but now I in, in retrospect I, I it may be something else it may not have been a tree knock at all it was so loud and so close Mm -hmm. And I went outside the tent a few minutes later just to see, because they play with you like that to see what you're going to do. So I just kind of relaxed and went outside, started waving my T-shirt, keep the mosquitoes off of me. Maybe they thought I was surrendering or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they can read your mind, they knew what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I started talking to them. I said, just come around. I'd probably sound crazy up there by myself. But, right. but I said, just come on, let me see you. I know you're here. Uh, let me see you. I right. want to know more about you, and I want to understand mm -hmm. nothing. So it started getting dark. And I thought, well, I'm going inside that tent. <laughs> so I went in there and checked my tape recorder out, made sure it was working, brand new lithium batteries, everything going fine. And uh, I, about 10 o'clock that night, it was dark, and all of a sudden I hear this chattering going on down. Mm -hmm. Not a ways. 
and there they are. That's them. And uh, oh. I turned my, tried to turn my tape recorder on, and the battery was dead. Oh, great. <laughs> well, they do that. They, they, they can drain your batteries. So it's just like spirit. And energy. At, at, the yeah. Same yeah, time, spirit energy. I, at the same time, I hear this pop right outside the, of the stove there. My tent was about 15 feet from the stove. And uh, I hear this tromping around out there, bipedal tromping. And uh, that's it. I said, I started talking to it. I said, told you not to come back later and just haunt me like this. So it kept right. doing that. And I think it was looking for food. I didn't take anything up there, but this power bars would last me for two or three days. And mm-hmm. and uh, when it got, it just walked up to my right next to the tent and stood there. But I never heard it leave, but it had to leave. Uh, <clears throat> I, I didn't go to sleep very much that night. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock in the morning, I hear this metallic sound going on outside the tent, and I don't know what that was all about, other than, <clears throat> excuse me, we've heard metallic sounds before up there. Uh, mm-hmm. So daylight came, and I rolled up the tent and shot out of there because uh, my answer was there. They are still around. So right. What What's the metallic sound in your opinion? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it just interesting. Uh, one time we thought, I thought, well, we've all heard it, I think, up there, but it's not like a big tuning fork in this, above us. And you, you look up and you can't see what it is, but it, it's just mm. a huge tuning fork sound. You know, mm, 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 That's like, like that. a portal. I have heard that sound before when I was in the... you don't the... see anything, though. And no. you start to find the source of it, you can't find it. Then. See, when so I hear that I think... sound, it's a portal for me. Well, the fifth dimension, too. You know, they, they can go out of your I perception. heard that. A Hoyabatu forest in Romania. Mm. I could hear it's all I could hear, and it was there the entire time. I found out it was under a no-fly zone. Ah. And all I could hear is this nonstop from like hours, hours. It was there. Wow. Hey, might have been a spaceship up there. (laughs) They they've captured photos of them. Yeah, they believe it's a portal. So, Mm -hmm. um, Mm. but there's some kind of a of a doorway. So maybe that's what you were yeah, hearing. Portals, portals exist. <laughs> Somebody was making fun of them one time, and I emailed them privately, <laughs> yeah. and I said, you know, you really should do your homework before you start making fun of people that believe in portals. Because NASA's uh-huh. been studying portals since 2012. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. When, I, when I pick up on a portal, that's the humming sound that comes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look to see who's using it. Yeah. But anyways... Yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh! So that's 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 interesting. That's really interesting that that you heard that um, affiliated with these guys. Interesting if they went if everything went silent after you heard that. I wonder if they manifested it and just. Uh, you know what? Speaking of silence, I tell people to listen for the sound of silence when. When nothing's going on in the woods around you, that's, that's, remain, yeah. that's what would happen with us up there when everything yep. is still quiet. You know, yes. Nothing chirping, nothing squeaking, nothing going on. That's. It seems like they do something to stop everything else from happening. <laughs> that's really interesting because <clears throat> you know. One time, uh, one time, uh, uh, Warren Johnson and I was up there, and we we uh, we had one of these things was mouthing off out there behind one of these big trees and we was getting kind of brave at that time so we thought well let's just jump out of the shelter and see if we can see it run away <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. 
we we did. <laughs> we just did. got it right quick. Oh God! We didn't see anything <laughs> running away. We started walking up towards that tree real slow, about 10, 15 feet apart. And all of a sudden, we just stopped, like I related, like a force field in Star Trek. We just, like, something just stops us. And you can't see anything, but you can't move yeah. either. You can't go forward. Wow. He looked at me and said, I don't know about you, but I can't go anymore. And I said, I can't either. And he we turned around, went back into the shelter. As soon as we got back in, it started mouthing off again. I call oh. it mouth and off. It's their chatter they do, you know, like chattering. They, yeah. They so I asked a scientist about that later on. He said, well, we can't handle your fears. I said, we were not afraid at that time. We, we just mm-hmm. want to see more. And, um, he said, well, it's either pheromones or infrasound. So, uh, I went with infrasound because that does affect humans. You know, it's below what we yeah. can hear, but it affects you. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but then now that I, I'm pretty sure they have a human component, I've wondered if maybe it wasn't pheromones, but, I'm going to stick with infrasound because that makes more sense to me. Infrasound would make a lot of sense. Um, I know in Romania, aside from that humming, droning sound, there was no animals. There was no birds. There was nothing in there. Everything just went. I mean, there's nothing. Silence. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird. You imagine all this time I've got we've got Bigfoot just messing with us. So we had no idea. They do mess with you. I got to tell you that again. I've said that before, but they mess with you. They're messing with us. You know, we could try to set up a camera trap up there. We've done that several times. <laughs> but they know. Picture of one, you know. And yeah. Where they're coming in after food, you set up the camera trap with a black thread up there on this old 35 millimeter camera and try to get yeah. them to trip it. Set it up about six feet high up there. They'll go right. around it like that. Right. You know, well, that takes some intelligence <laughs> and it some does. intuitiveness. But if uh, they're telepathic, you're sitting there going, okay, I'm just going to hook this up yeah, over here. They're like, okay, that where is that then. hooked up? <laughs> we're not thinking that way then. We're, we're just not. We're still no. thinking they're just a unidentified ape in the woods, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, you almost have to just try to blank out your thoughts if they're if they're telepathic beings because it's so easy for them to mess with you if you're pretty much giving it to <laughs> well, them they won't take over you unless you let them uh, yeah they might try to communicate with you a lot of people say they have mind speak people have asked me did you ever have mind speak well yeah i wasn't listening for my mind speak we weren't trying i'm very analytical right. and uh I, right. if something happens that i can't explain i'll try to figure out what made me think that you know Yes. Or it yes. might have been something. But there's things going on we don't see that do, does mess with you. And I'll mm-hmm. have that happen even today. And, I mean, currently right. in my life, things happen that right. when I'm asleep, I'll wake up when something's there. But mm. <clears throat> we won't I'm not surprised. <laughs> you can't spend time out in the woods or out in places like this where there are potentially, um, you know, portals vortices things like that especially in the triangles areas you can't spend time in places like this and not think you're going to get some kind of contact because they're used by all sorts of different beings and with et like we were saying you know like how many of them are actually here we all assume they come from the stars no, I'm pretty much thinking many of them are leaving here and going for a little jaunt up in the stars and coming back. <laughs> you I know? Think a lot of them live under the water, too. Yes. Yes. They create their own environment. The mountains everywhere. You know, like they're, they're just there. Yeah, the Montana Vortex I mentioned earlier, uh, Joe Hauser and his wife, Tammy, they, they see UFOs quite regularly up there going oh, in the uh, Columbia there we Mountain. Go. Montana's on my bucket list. It's so beautiful. 
Right. The thing is, when they see them, they go into the mountain. They don't just stop there and hover. They go into the mountain. They go into the mountain. Right. Yes. The same thing around Shasta, you know. Yeah. See, Disney oh, had something. Get me Disney, started on Disney Mount Shasta. Disney had it. He knew. Oh, yeah. Mount, Mount Shasta's got a lot of things that surround it, you know. You know a lot of people just, just can't things. handle this, this kind of conversation just because it's so weird. Because how oh, does anything you're in good do company. Something? <laughs> it's all a good weird. Well, you got people listening <laughs> to this, so probably don't you? <laughs> no, our listeners are into it. That's why they're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. If I, yeah, well, if I got more like, questions, go ahead. I'll, two and a half, three million people going. Yeah, we're into it. So. Okay, here's another one from Tamara. From Tamara, how many different kinds of Bigfoots do you think there are? Or oh, I guess you gotta like ask yourself people. how many types of aliens do you think have been here. So it's the same kind of perception yeah, yeah nobody knows i don't know i know yeah. i've been in nepal i've been into um let's see well those all got their stories you know uh, australia's right. got their stories uh, yeah. um, nepal's got their stories uh, mm -hmm. yeah Russia. they've all got their stories china's got their stories uh, mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean that's just the easiest answer i can think of <laughs> Well, I've seen it? a pretty long list of Bigfoot names from different countries. There are many. Well, yeah, names. yeah. There's like 600 different names for Bigfoot. <laughs> is the Yeti just a different type of species of Bigfoot then? Yeah, I think so because they're smaller. Uh, I know when National Geographic did their study up there above Bhutan in 1914, I think it was 2014. Mm -hmm. They took a geneticist up there, and they at 17,000 feet they found a, a trackway. Humanoid, mm. so, barefoot, something walking through icy snow up there. Well, they wow. got some eDNA out of it, and eDNA is environmentally DNA. Right. And it came back a couple of years later as being uh, part mm. human. Mm. And uh, wow. that rhymes with uh, uh, Melba Ketchum's report. She said there's a human element in there. Mm -hmm. Well, most academia, oh, wow. in fact, just for all academia, just put their thumbs down at that. They say, well, it's got to be contaminated if there's a human element because nothing's human except us. Right. Well, they're wrong. Yeah. They don't know that for sure. That's a terrible. Well, there's 227 billion samples in the gene bank, and it couldn't be matched with anything. Uh, the yeah. nuclear DNA couldn't. Now, the mitochondrial DNA, which is the female side, right. uh, that, that was had, that's what had the human component in it. Mm-hmm. So I think um, all these, these well, you didn't hear much about the National Geographic. In fact, I doubt if anybody's even seen it because they didn't show it very much. But I know that some of the, one of the royalties in, in Bhutan, he sent me the uh, the film that they right. were doing. But you didn't see it ever, didn't see it pushed very much over here because mm -hmm. it changes the narrative of what the government wants. And you don't want, the government only gives you what they think you can handle. That's it. Do they or they, only they, what they They've got to control the narrative. And if yeah. you don't believe that, just think of Roswell. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, quick station and sponsor ID. And then yep. I'll, I'll go and then on we will question. Be, right. All right. I have to find it. <laughs> I know. We're also like, what? It's, I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, do our job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or we're not going to have a show. That's all I'm saying. Or a sponsor. That's it. That's <laughs> right. So I'm going to keep this in camera view at all times. You are listening to The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano coming to you live on 105.3 FM radio from the gorgeous city of New Orleans. Tonight's special guest is Ron Moorhead, and we are discussing his latest book and all of his evidence 
over the years and all of his research, the quantum Bigfoot. A shout out and a thank you to the amazing people for fully sponsoring our show from day one. Thank you for your support and your continuing sponsorship. I said I'd keep holding that up, and I will. <laughs> a huge thank you for our intro and outro to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, award-winning composer and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp, and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. He's dropping clips of his latest album. There's still time to download for Halloween. Stream or listen to our archives on the platform that you normally listen to. Please remember to subscribe and like us. And all you have to do is search the United Public Radio Network and then the Outer Realm. And you can find us on any of those platforms. And if you're watching us on YouTube right now, hit that like button and subscribe, please. And thank you. There we go. Um, okay, so... I don't know if this is something you'd have an um, an answer to or not, um, because we we've talked about different characteristics of of Bigfoot. I just wanted it came to mind when we were talking about Nepal and <clears throat> the Yeti, Russia. You've heard of the Dyatlov Pass, right? Yes. The missing people from Dyatlov. There's a really big controversy because they went looking for who they call the snowman of course being yeti and in their journalist said the snowman lives they believe they captured it a little bit of controversy because in a photographic figure could have been you know military uniform from afar as well that they were being followed around do you think that they are capable of causing that sort of carnage because, well, again, I mean, it depends on which one, uh, what, what yeah. they're designed to do, what their agenda is. Right. Um, you know, some of them say they're cannibals. So you got the Paiutes in Lovelock, okay. Nevada, who claims they were cannibalistic giants, uh, and they, you know, drove right. into the Lovelock cave. But so, yeah, I think probably some of them have that agenda. Uh, so right. that's why I tell people keep your card up. Don't think they're all going to bring you a piece of cake or something. You know. Right. So in Portlock, it would be the same. I mean, they're right up. The <clears throat> well, same. unless you know, unless they were out there shooting them or shooting at them, wow. that would have pissed them off, probably. Yeah, I could see that. So let let's say we decide. Okay, I'm I'm going in to. I'll, I'll use our family's property just for because I I know there's a potential. <laughs> so I might get a bit of self preservation here. What do I look for? If I am going or anybody is going out camping or going into an area where like this property butts up about 20,000 acres of provincial park. So it's very undisturbed, a lot of caves and rivers and lakes and things like that. So we're going into the woods. Uh -huh. I suggest <laughs> what are we looking for? <laughs> well, you can't make something happen with these things. No. Uh, you got Good. to allow it to happen. And you do that just by okay. being still. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, and uh, when this happened in '74 with me uh, and my friend Bill, uh, we've learned just to be be still. When they start making their sounds or cracking rocks or cracking wood or or doing something like that, they do that to see what you're going to do. I think and just ignore them. So I think Unless if you're going to go in the woods, rocks at you, which well, they said to do, right? They shouldn't do that unless you're encroaching on a place they don't want you to be. Okay. 
That's good to and, know. Uh, yeah, just Note to self, don't. Wait for something like that here. <laughs> Next time you go. <laughs> Note to self, don't infringe on Bigfoot space. <laughs> but I think if you just uh, go out in there, don't go by yourself. Take another person that's on the same level you are and with thinking about these things. And just be still and have fun. Try to, right. try to uh, just have fun. Uh, right. Set up a camp and, and go to the same spot each time you go back. And go mm -hmm. back as often as you can and just don't try to make it happen just wait for something to happen and okay. when something simple happens like a big wood crack i mean with definition not like some bear step on a limb it's like no bam. this this was our caretaker was like it was like boom boom mm. boom he goes i know there's nobody with an accent he was really well, afraid that happens, you. <laughs> you, know, just, yeah. you might want to answer it back or if they say something you hear something chattering you know there's nobody around chatter right. back right and just toy with them a little bit they'll think that's fun i mean we had people here either that or they come in and tear your arm off and <gasps> see that's what i'm saying there was people in the show two years ago they're like whatever you do don't go out with pots and pans it's a sign of war text my caretaker do not go out with pots and pans <laughs> I, I, I gotta say something here though i i don't <laughs> think any of them supposed to interfere with your karma what you're supposed to experience right. Right. we're supposed to evolve on our own without right. influence so I don't think there anything supposed to do that to us. We've been given the dominion on this planet. We're humans. We're very special. Right. Whatever they are, they're not what we are. Right. So when uh, I get but, off air, I'm going to tell my husband I'm special. <laughs> you are. He's going to say, yeah, "Give me Ron's email." <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, we're very special. We were made in the images of a very high frequency beings. Right. And I say beings as plural. And, uh, right. Uh, that's the Hebrews that took it down to a singular factor of, of God. Right. But mm -hmm. the high frequency beings is what, uh, if you look into the, uh, all the way back into the Anunnaki and the uh, Sumerian tablets. Right. Yeah. And the right. Elohim, which is the word for God. Yes. Which is over 2,500 times, it was always in the plural form. Every time they referred to God, it was plural. Yes. So, <clears throat> anyway, right. beings of light, in the Bible even, it says God is light. Mm -hmm. right. All the way through there, God is light, and there's all kinds of messages we got. How we're supposed to be children of light. You so follow whatever they are. We're shining ones. We're, we're a step above it as far as spiritually goes. Right. We just have to learn how to elevate ourselves and how to evolve and change our frequency to a higher one. Right. Right. I believe service has a lot to do with that as well. Service to others. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. Absolutely. Be good. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey man, I'm still doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind to me, big hairy beasts out there. <laughs> so, um, so, do they, you know, like I, I understand they have like a pungent odor as well. Like, would that be a dead giveaway? Yeah, I think it would, but we didn't have that up there. <clears throat> really? Uh, yeah, really. Oh, had one okay. touch that we did. One time we did. Uh, oh, okay. We had to shoot a bear that was fixing to get us, and uh, oh, next, no. and that's when I heard uh, had that smell. But other than that, they've been very close to our shelter. I never got a whiff of them like that. Nothing bad. Okay. I don't know. Maybe someone just better hygiene. Maybe they can uh, actually emit that like a skunk uh, when they want to. Yeah, to try to ward you off. As I know I've had people, even people I know who have had experiences, and they're like, oh, it's this putrid smell. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. And they also ask me what our horses did when these things were around. That's usually the big question I get to. 
The horses would, the mules would just paw, you know, and really get in trouble. But when Bigfoot was around, they just was like frozen. It's like we were when Warren and I walked up towards that tree. <coughs> Excuse me. And and it's like they could do something to the psyche of an animal, too. Mm. I don't know, but a lot of times we caught walking in the daytime, leave the horses tied up in the, in the area there and come back and find some tracks around the horses. So. Wow. So oh, they, they don't here. try to hurt them. They just try to they they just keep them calm and, and move well, around them. Know. Yeah, I wasn't there when they were there, but I don't know what they did. But oh they, my might, God. they braid your horse's hair because I've heard those stories like that too. So I don't oh, know really? <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like they, they love them. They're, they're giving love. It doesn't sound... Because if they were afraid, you would see that in in the dirt. You would see that from them yes. just freaking right. out. And no, I yeah. think what we were dealing with it were friendly. Whatever it was 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 trying to be friends with us. That's and good. I don't know why, other than so I can be out with it like I'm doing today. Because something's yeah. trying to happen on this planet. Just be grateful. Something, something major. <laughs> yeah. I think we're living in a very mm -hmm. special time, and I think we all need to be uh, cognizant of that. All right. Oh. I, I agree. Yeah. As much as people may have difficulty believing that right now, you know, with the state of the planet and, you know, the war and such, um, I think we, so much fear is being instilled. Uh -huh. But then you have light workers who say, this is the best time to be alive because something amazing I is I agree coming. with that. It's a good time to be alive because if we yeah. all start thinking better and being better, uh, that'll help the vibration of everything. And collective consciousness i think all putin's got to do is push that button over there and uh and you're going to see a lot of aliens drop out of, out of cloaking into this room because right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <theory. laughs> they don't want they theory. don't want this earth destroyed this is the but jewel they of the solar interfere, system you were saying they have this, to let us this yeah. is a beautiful planet i mean we got everything here and it's it's got everything other planets in the solar system don't have mm -hmm. and they want to be they want they want to be here because uh, it's not just about us They're, they've been here longer than us like yeah. I said, we're not the first kick at the can civilization wise here you know um, we're, we, were we're made, we were made better than what we are now we've right. lost that somewhere along the line right. also some of these Bigfoots yeah. have been diluted down I think by indigenous crossbreeding with indigenous people really uh, Native Americans have a lot of little stories about that you know, as far as them taking their women and that's what I think the Patterson film was all. That was a, a hybrid that had been diluted down because this trackway was very human-like where right. our tracks up there had been steady the same configuration and they weren't, they weren't, they didn't have the big arch to them like those Patterson track does. And yeah. I just think it's a different type of being. But I, I think it's, yeah, documenting it is, is difficult. I know there was a woman, I, I don't know if it was Russia, it was one of those countries up in that area um, who was said to have been attacked by a Bigfoot and she gave birth to a son. Hosanna. Is that it? Oh, is that her name? Okay. So is that the only documented case that we have? It's the only one I know of. Uh, yeah. you read the tabloids, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> Wolf boy, yeah, uh, no. Um, no, that's that's the one I was referring to and the name yeah, of she was kept captive in captivity and she was uh, actually raped uh, oh, several times. Bigfoot. Wow. Oh, raped it's... by humans. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, she had more than one child, I understand. So. Wow. 
so that's yeah i mean obviously it's happening and we're not seeing it all but the patterson tape was that's that that thing has always amazed me and the yeah. fact that they can't debunk it just makes me smile because you've got the best <laughs> out there who have tried right yeah there's been a lot of people try to debunk that and the only, only thing that makes it a little bit of gray somewhere is the fact that you don't see the original film you just see the reproduction one what they right. cut and spliced right and uh, they say there's more just not that the creature wasn't real the creature's real that's pretty mm -hmm. much established it's what went on around it that we're just a little bit of a mystery. Right. Because right. we don't see the original. And uh, that's, that's always going to be a question mark it. until the original film pops out someday. Right. If it ever does. And uh, yeah, I know that's... Bob pretty well, Bob Gimlin, who's still with us. And he's a nice gentleman. And he just, he don't know any more than what we do. It's, well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He was right there at the right time doing the right thing with Roger Patterson. And they just got that filming. Right. kind of opened our eyes up to yeah these things are around there but i think that one had had a human component from being diluted down into indigenous people wow wow and, uh, that's, that's a, a whole lot of female to love i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna put that as delicately as i can with that being <laughs> but to, to be diluted down like you either have to be on a bender <laughs> you yeah. know that night or just completely like Boy. enamored and yes i know it, it boggles the mind doesn't it, <laughs> it does. i know <laughs> but um you know we have to leave that one right there um another question uh coming in from tamara bubbles okay. uh tamara is asking what do you think of other cryptids I think well, we've touched on skinwalkers and and um, yeah, dogmen. Yeah, yeah. Dogmen. Uh, I don't disbelieve them, and uh, I, I don't ascribe to them, but because I don't know. But right, I've only encountered what I've encountered where I've encountered it, and that's the only thing I really can chime in on. But I right. do believe, you know, there's total possibility the dogman could be there because of what we've been talking about, how they different aliens have messed with the genome of different species to hybridize mm -hmm. their species into this atmosphere. Mm -hmm. and uh to get well experimenting yeah. Yeah. right i think now i got stitchin's book but i never read mm -hmm. it just because i don't want to be influenced by anything other than mm -hmm. what i could dig out of different things but i understand he was saying the same thing that they were that uh aliens created us so that they'd have a, a slave force here and that's in right. kind of in the sumerian text too i think yes it is it is yeah the anunnaki um, there's a lot of, of, you know, different theories around that, right down to the RH negative blood type, you know, yes. um, going back to how the more primitive men only had brown eyes, brown hair, like man, man in general, not just, you know, as a species, that's oh. what I'm referring to. And how all of a sudden you end up with people with blue eyes, you know, hazel eyes, green eyes, red hair, blonde hair, like that is a degree of interference. <laughs> Yeah, well, like the red hair, you know, those those uh, elongated skulls that we <laughs> dug out down in Peru, yes. red hair. Yes. I had to get over here because uh, <laughs> I had to That's, get on that ground. Yeah, I, I mean, even in uh, Egyptian times. There's like 2% of the whole world got red hair, I think. That's all. And they're all and in Scotland. The real redheads are all in Scotland. Yes, a lot of so. them are. There's some in the states, but yeah, they go yeah. back to they go back right. to the Welsh lands. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it is It is quite fascinating to say the least. You know, there obviously was an, an interference there um, that gave us a good boost. Um, an, another Lithuanians as well. <laughs> they have red hair? Yeah, I had friends who were Lithuanians. They were all blonde. That whole family yeah. was blonde. <laughs> mm. Wow, I didn't know that. That's interesting. But so yeah it's, it's very viable then that they would have messed around a little bit with um with other species here on the planet creating you know these super species i guess which again i, I would like to just go back a minute to skinwalker ranch because it has such a blend of all of these things when you look at the navajo rangers you know they they interview a couple of the guys fairly regularly on just about every show that has to do with crazy things. And they actually started up like a paranormal unit. There were so many things happening. And Bigfoot, you know, the Navajo people were terrified of big because Bigfoot was coming out there. And one woman, I mean, they they had this this, I guess it was just a big mobile home on there. And this literally moved because she said, I would be going to the door. And it kept playing with the handle that to me you know i'm thinking there's a degree of intelligence how does it know what to do with the handle and it's going like this and it's turning it and i'm like that's plenty intelligent <laughs> right there mm -hmm. seriously and she goes and this is where i hand it to the woman she gets in there she's got her three children behind her she opens the door swings it open and looks and just says bigfoot right there was staring right back at her i'm like what did you open the door for? <laughs> I closed the door. So she did. She closed the door and she said all night long, it kept coming back and it would do the same thing. It would rattle that door handle back and forth. She stopped. She didn't answer the door after that. She realized what was on the other side. But she goes like, he would disappear and then he would just return. And the next morning they, they saw these big footprints out there. And when you look at the layout of how they zoomed in on where she was located, you know, there's a river there, but there are homes everywhere. It's a very populated area. So it just didn't seem to have any fear of anybody seeing him at all. Uh, these things don't fear us. You know, some people think we ought to have a law that protects them and all that. They don't need our protection. Right. We need we need protection. They don't. Right. But it's uh, illegal in some states to kill. And they're not afraid you? at all. I mean, they're just not. They just have a nonchalant look when people say, "Well, he didn't act like they didn't even care. He just walked right by us." And I hear that report quite a bit. Okay. Um, so what was the guy in the porch with the door handle standing there, like tormenting this woman? Like uh, probably just internalizing the fear that he was getting from her. I don't know. Right. You know, I wasn't. I don't know. Maybe he's seen other people do the door handle to get in, or right, right. Like he was just playing with it to see what it did. If it would just over and over pushing it or pulling it, I guess. It's it's fascinating to me. I just you know I don't know who would have been more startled, her or him. When she swung that door open, they're just both just staring at each other, you know. But it it is really I don't know. I I, I do find it really really fascinating um, that they are there there are more and more sightings and maybe it's because we have the internet maybe because there are more 
television shows who are taking an interest. Um, more stories are coming forward. What would you like to see happen in in your area of research with them? Would you like to see them left alone, or would you like to to see something come of all of this? I would like years to see, is a long time. Yeah, I would like to see more academia get involved in it, uh, uh, higher ups, you know that. And I think we're going to see that. I've been interviewed uh, many, many times, just in the last year, several times too. Uh, there, there's more and more people witnessing uh, quantum stuff, and and I think they need to know the answers to that. So, if it's mm -hmm. what I'm alluding to in my book and what we're talking about tonight, uh, you may not ever get to the true answer until something significant happens to our right. three-dimensional environment. Right. And uh, what. I could be totally wrong, but uh, <laughs> I just know that they can find us, but we can't find them. Right. And yeah, so exactly. That's kind of scary. There's more than just intelligence around that. Uh, yeah. And when you hear these people that say they can cloak, and then I, I get the science behind how that happens, you know, energy into matter, matter into energy. If we got the frequency right, that can happen. And, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. you got to put a finger on that. I'll try to nail jello to the wall. That's a tough one. Are you? I'm going to take your mind. I'm going to try to nail Jello to the wall. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing it, Ron. It's like world champion hide and seek expert, big foot. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they really are. Do you do you get concerned at all with people who read your books and 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 listen to even some of your recordings and like you know what I want that experience, and then just go out and get really silly about it. You know, do I get and, concerned? Yeah, do you get concerned that maybe you're giving um, people, let's say, incentive to just say, well, we're going to go out in the woods and hurt themselves because they're not diligent about what they're doing? There's a lot of serious oh, I, I really there's don't. some, I, not so much. I, uh, I'm at the age now where I just say what I believe and right. what I think and give people what I've come up with and right. they're like going to go with it or not. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it has a choice, so... Yes, I agree. Do what they want to do with it. I love but I that. know what I I know what I've been through, and I know what you know. I I know some th I I put kind of some dots together, I think, for a picture, and that's what I've tried to present this evening. Yes, and just uh, it's just uh, a wonderful time to be alive and to go through this stuff. Yes, uh, yes. Again, I... it's the experience and uh, how we respond to experience. So. I don't get hit very hard. In fact, I hardly ever get hit anymore with somebody criticizing me because they don't criticize me. They can criticize the science behind it. You know, that's what they have to criticize. Because it's well, you've not been me. validated. Science has validated you. Yeah, it's all been validated. And yes, um, and that I, sets you apart from a lot of researchers, right? From everybody. Well, it, it does. And uh, you know, if I didn't have, I told Mike that years ago. I said, you know, you need to get a, a university someplace to attest that the sounds are are what you're saying they are. Right. And he, he never did that, I don't think, Mike Patterson. But right. He's a, uh, I don't know. You know, he didn't do that, but that's what you have to have done, and uh, that's what you have to find. It's really hard, though, to get academia to take the uh, subject matter seriously. In anything that they're not reading well, themselves, I think. Well, they're trained in a paradigm of uh, Newtonian physics, and uh, right. that's what they have to stick with, and that's what they're colleagues are going to make fun of them if they step out of that box and that's so sad it, it is, is sad and it's i know sad. some of these guys personally that would like to step out of the box but they they, they can't 
they might lose funding, they might, and Grover Kranz was one of them, he's passed away now, but he was University of Washington, and he, he had the Gigantopithecus skull, you know, and he was uh, uh, mm-hmm. saying that these, that's what Bigfoot would be, but he was taking a real beating from his colleagues because he was even thinking that they could exist. Because mm-hmm. most of these people think, well, if they existed, we'd know about them. Well, is there a reason we don't know about them? I think There's, there is a reason we don't know about them. We don't know about the, the, the beings in vast oceans that we have. We can't possibly get anywhere, you know, we can't get anywhere near them. And yet they're discovering new species all the time. How can uh, they say that if they mm-hmm. were there, we'd know about them? If they're interdimensional beings and they have all of this frequency and training and they know how to come in and out and that's just part of their lives. No, you wouldn't know about them. Mm-hmm. Especially if they don't want to be found. Oh, can I just quickly happy birthday, Janie? Oh, happy she's birthday, Janie! A regular here, and she's in happy the chat room. Thank Janie. you, there you go, Janie. <laughs> Thank you for being here tonight. <laughs> On your birthday, <laughs> yes, very nice. Last year too. Yeah. <laughs> she's oh. incredible. Um, yeah, I I think it's crazy, and they I always hear them talk about Mariana's Trench. We only know Mariana's trenches. We don't know what other parts of the ocean go further or if they go to the center of the earth there's that's what science is there for is to make these discoveries mm-hmm. it's really sad that they're not doing it because the only the only thing they're doing is it's it's kind of sad for them because they don't get to discover it and they don't get to open their minds and and really help everybody evolve if they <sighs> if they move forward on it right it well, Columbus's journals he, he claimed he saw uh, saucers coming out of the water. Mm. Christopher Columbus. So, yeah. His journals, I understand. So I uh, mm-hmm. hear this a lot. And uh, up in uh, Washington, even, there's people sell these things underwater, discs underwater, shooting. Crow. See, if they create their own environment, um, exactly. they wouldn't be having to go slow. And just like the one yeah. that, that uh, TikTok, um, <laughs> TikTok yes. Yes. Captain Flavor. But <laughs> They've been seeing stuff for a really long time that, yeah, that far exceeds. They really know that they're just not revealing to us because they don't want exactly. to scare us. No, it's in the Mona Lisa. <laughs> well, you know what as well? <laughs> Do you good. remember when Mount St. Helen blew? Uh-huh. There oh. were witnesses who saw military helicopters with Bigfoot and they were just, there were, I think, two or three of them. They were transporting them out of there. I have oh. no doubt the government knows about these. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. That to me, again, when if I they heard tell that. people that, first of all, it's going to throw a kink into religions. It's going to throw a kink into Darwinism. It's going to throw a kink into <sighs> history books. They've got to rewrite history books. Uh, right. And what they are, the problem is the government knows what they are, I think. And uh, I think they think like I'm thinking. <laughs> Well, Corey Good often spoke. I mean, you know, some people love him. Some people think he's compromised. So now the information is, you know, I like Corey Good um, uh-huh. with some of his information. I found it interesting. But he claimed um, that he was on a base and that down in the very lower levels, because they were just higher, they were just taller, bigger rooms, that there were Bigfoot there. And they were very intelligent. And they were being like they were busy they were doing things mm-hmm. and i thought 
well oh, crap <laughs> is that even a thing <laughs> like just if anything it makes you think a little bit more <laughs> you know jump rooms like people are like oh no there are jump rooms you know these military officials they can just go wherever they want oh they couldn't or could why couldn't it be? there's also a story about the livermore labs where they had two in captivity they thought okay and they just walked out through the walls <laughs> Can't keep a good Bigfoot down. <laughs> well, supposedly uh, Stephen Hawkins knew about that. That was in the seventies, and uh, wow, uh, really? I got, I got kind of an inside report on that a little bit, and wow, uh, I, I never researched it because I didn't want to bring this guy's name up that would have gotten a lot of trouble. But uh, Stephen Hawkins uh, knew about this, and that's when he wrote the book on time, because time, as we perceive it, don't exist uh, in the no. reality of in space. Yeah. So just uh, a lot going on we've got to know more about. And again, the government's just going to release what they think we can handle. And like, who chooses this government that continues to do that? <laughs> you think it'd be us. You would think, but it's not. <laughs> because the president doesn't have access to certain information in different levels. Well, of in a way, if, you, you know, if, if, if we got what Tesla came up with, you know, free energy for everybody. What would that do to the economy? No millionaires, <laughs> billionaires. Well, it would just throw a kink into everything. I mean, just That's true. you can't let all that stuff out without destroying some billionaire somewhere. That's it. Money makes the world go round, as they say, and that also, doesn't generate anything when they're just yeah. giving it away. It right? also creates control. Of uh -huh. course, of course. Well, there's definitely a lot of theories out there and government and how much they really know is one of those theories. And I think as long as there's people much like yourself who are out there and getting the truth and bringing it to light, um, then people like us can sit there and at least, you know, be made privy to the fact that, you know what, there is good, solid research out there and we are you know, somebody is putting it out there and it's important because somebody has to. And I mean, I thank you for 50 bloody dedicated you. years. Uh, thank you for having me on tonight. It's been, it's been fun. No, it's and, uh, amazing. Uh, thank you. I, uh, I uh, yeah, my website, put that up there. <laughs> it is right there. It's been scanning across my books, the, the banner all night. <laughs> uh, my books uh, are all downloadable. Everything's downloadable also on my site. Or you can okay. get the regular hardcovers through Amazon, which is through my site also. But okay. .com. okay. Yeah. We, we have you also on our page. Yes. And it's been scanning across the bottom. Literally, this will be here forever. So as long as people... Oh, I didn't even try to share anything with you, did I? Too well, late. That's okay. We can always do this do again anyway. sometime. <laughs> Talk about, you know, some maybe voices in the woods. That almost sounds like fascinating as well. Um, so do you have anything coming up? Like you want that? You oh, want I got it. I just spoke to another conference center in Florida here. Uh, not till April though. I, I don't have anything much going on. Well, I do have a couple things going between now and the end of the year. I try to keep November, December as much as possible cleared up. Yes. And then, uh, I started to, I do a lot of these things, you know, like I'm doing with you tonight. And, uh, right. that's, oh. that gets the word out there a lot. Thanks to 2020 pandemic, you know, we, we all got into this. <laughs> yeah, just clawing our way back out. <laughs> trying to catch well, I, up. <laughs> I, I, I love it because it's what's my passion in life. You know, I, that's right. all I do now. I've, I've uh, done a lot of things, but this is 
probably mm-hmm. the most fun thing I've an interesting subject I've ever been involved in for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you for all of the research that you've done and the dedication. Like, like I said, 50 years is like, wow. And, <laughs> and, and sharing it with us all. Uh, it, it is a, it, it's probably the first theory or piece of research that I've personally heard that I find viable. Not that I'm trying to discredit all you other people. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying for me, believing, you know, in everything like multiverses and interdimensional and dimensional, you know, like just everything going on simultaneously. I truly believe that it is probably more viable, especially with what people have been reporting than anything else. And and you you dare to go there. You hear enough of this stuff. You got to put some credence to it and just have to have to stay what makes sense to you and yes i know over the years if i hear you know, i had a guy years and years ago tell me that right. uh, that right. he saw one disappear well i didn't believe him i didn't say that but i, I just looked at him okay <clears throat> he said he could take me to a place in alaska where he saw one disappear right. and uh, i just uh, let it go but now over the years i've heard other people tell me that too and mm-hmm. of course i got involved in quantum physics so uh, oh several years ago just wow. to see how that could be how that could be the science behind this stuff and it, it, it is as far as i'm concerned right. and yet you got some of these academia that just won't give me the time of day because they they can't get their head around it either or they've been trained too much to believe it. they believe time. that he's a primate period just a well, he is a primate time. when they're here right. in our dimension <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, but that's what so. they're saying no they just came over the land bridge and you know, that's it. Well, they maybe they West. did. You know, yeah. Maybe there's more to them than that, too. They don't right. even know if Gigantopithecus stood upright. You know, they don't know that. They don't know if it was cognizant or not. They don't it's, know that. That's true. Well, they got part of a skull and some teeth. And right, it's, right. Uh, it's, yeah. it's all pretty fascinating. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It has been such a pleasure and a privilege. Well, um, thank you. Thank you so it. much. It's my honor, really. Thank you. Thank you. And and I will be in touch. I will email you and let and I'll send you links and things like that. So you'll have I everything. Like that, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so Thank much. You. Have a, a good evening. Good night to you. <laughs> good, night. good night. Wow. That's all I'm going to say is a big wow. He was just he is delightful and, and he was just so so generous with his time and all of his information. So huge thank you to Ron Moorhead. It was such a pleasure having you join us. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee, who do sponsor the show tonight and every night. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, for his contribution of his voice and his music for our intro and outro. If you guys want to message us, only two ways to do it. The Outer Realm Contact at gmail.com. Again, the Outer Realm Contact at gmail.com. Or just pop on over to our Facebook page and hit the email button. Yep, then you'll get to us. Nice and easy. Now, next week, Wednesday night. Um, actually, no, it's Thursday night where we have our QA. I just about buggered that up. So let me just switch this around. Wednesday night, we have Dan Baldwin and George Sewell, who will be joining us for the very first time. And they're going to be discussing Lindsay, Lindsay, so I got him tongue-tied tonight, Lindsay Higgins' UFO abduction story. 
Um, and it's, I believe you can actually catch this on Netflix. So they're going to come on and they're going to discuss this with us Thursday night. We're going to bring you by popular demand, another Q and a, uh, we've got a good one lined up. So you're going to have to tune in to see what we're going to do. We're, we're really bouncing quite a few things around. And, um, I think you guys are going to be, you know, pretty happy about it, but you asked, so you're going to get it. So make sure you tune in, make sure you all have a really great weekend, be safe. And, um, we'll see you then. All right. Where are we going? Are we going to say goodbye? I was going to do one thing, this right here. Then I'm going to say goodnight. <laughs>